This is the Quantum Tech Pod, brought to you by Inside Quantum Technology, covering industry analysis, data, and market forecasting for quantum technology markets worldwide. Now, here's your host, Christopher Bishop. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Quantum Tech Pod. I'm delighted that you're listening. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on where you're sitting on the planet. My guest today is Shahar Kainan, the CEO and co-founder of Polaris QB. Shahar has over 20 years of experience in the field of computational and theoretical chemistry. Dr. Kainan received her PhD in theoretical chemistry from the Hebrew University of Jerusalem and has authored numerous papers and presentations in the fields of in silico drug design and discovery, as well as molecular materials design and computational methods development. Shahar has been instrumental in the development of the novel quantum molecular design process since its inception at Duke University, and she's pioneered the use of the quantum molecular design algorithm to optimize electro-optical materials and protein inhibitors. Her company, Polaris QB, is utilizing quantum computing, artificial intelligence, machine learning, and personalized medicine to process, evaluate, and identify lead molecules 10,000 times faster than alternative solutions. By compressing the lead time for preclinical drug candidates from five years down to four months, her company will produce up to 100 drug blueprints this year, enabling real-time adaptability within the precision medicine market. So, Shahar, welcome, and thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, it's a pleasure to be here, Chris. Shahar, I always like to start the podcast by asking my guests to share a bit about their own personal quantum journey. My objective is twofold. I want to give our audience certainly a sense of what you did before you founded Polaris QB, but also to orient our audience more broadly to the fact that there are many different ways and various paths that people have taken to get into the field of quantum information science. So, if you could please share with our listeners a little bit about your background and your path so far, where you grew up, where you went to school, and what you studied, and insight into any companies or organizations where you worked or did research prior to starting your company. I'm glad to. I grew up in Israel in a city called Beersheba, which is in the south of Israel. Um, I was surrounded by science uh, from a very young age. Uh, I thought that I'm going to be a biologist but then fell in love with chemistry, did my PhD at the Hebrew University of Jerusalem, um, looking at what I thought then was large chemical spaces. Then I came to the U.S. to do a postdoc and increased the sizes of my chemical spaces hmm. and finished at, uh, my postdoc at Duke University, um, where I'm still at uh, right now in the same area, in the Triangle area in uh, Raleigh-Durham. Um, spun out of Duke University uh, from with a previous company called Cloud Pharmaceuticals that looked at much smaller chemical spaces than what we're doing in Polaris. About three years ago, it became clear um, to, to me and to my co-founder, Bill Shipman, that we wanted to do something bigger and something that looks at um, chemical spaces that are even bigger than what we were doing by that time. Uh, we sat down, uh, put on our thinking caps and started to think, what are the tools that we can use to, to look at much larger chemical spaces? And then we understood that quantum computing is the way for us forward. 
and started Polaris. Wow, fantastic. So I would like to ask, you know, what led you to start a quantum computing company? So you and Bill had this uh, moment, if you will, but was there like a light bulb going off? Were you walking down the street, maybe a conversation with Bill in the lab or conference room with a whiteboard? Like what was sort of the trigger? Because it's always interesting, I think, to hear from a founder. You know, what what is it that made you make this decision to start something quite ambitious, needless to say, a quantum computing company? I think we did not realize um, the complexities of what we were go- getting <laughs> ourselves into. Okay. So it was it was more of a process. Um, hmm. We started by looking at what we knew of our industry, which is the the drug design, drug development industry, and by figuring that the way for us to succeed is to be faster and being able to process multiple targets, so 100 targets per year. In order to do that, we needed to be faster than whatever technology we had at that time. But also we realized that a lot of the long-hanging fruits are already being spoken for. So we it became very clear to us that we needed to look at larger chemical spaces and find the right molecules in them. And then we were sitting and thinking, which technology? should we do this on? At the same time, we um, became acquainted with um, Fujitsu Digital Annealer and started talking with them. So it wasn't a single point of aha, but it was a process where many things came together, where it became clear to us that our knowledge, our previous experiences are relevant for this specific technology. The way that we build libraries is something that is unique for us. And, you know, it's, uh, it really was alignment of, of several things that brought us to that point. So you mentioned Fujitsu. I want to get into the tech a little bit right away. Uh-huh, please. Um, you mentioned working with Fujitsu's quantum-inspired digital annealer technology, and you were, it says you were targeting dengue fever. Uh, mm-hmm. Amazing. And uh, mentioned also on your site that you worked with D-Wave, uh, accessing their quantum annealing technology through the AWS cloud service. What if you could share with listeners, you know, how are you using these two systems, obviously both digital annealing technologies, but pros and cons of each. Now, I assume the Fujitsu wasn't on site or, or was it an on-prem instantiation or were they both accessed through the cloud? Or And again, pros and cons, what's your take on how you use these two? So Fujitsu is more of a managed service So you come to them with a problem and they will help you to implement it on their system and run it through their system. Um, While D-Wave, you access through the cloud, through AWS, although right now we are also accessing it directly through D-Wave. We have a very good relationship with their technical team. And I must tell you, I'm very impressed with the things that they're doing. Um, So for us as a company, we're coming at the the whole process very differently. And that is what's a useful tool for us. Um, And for us being able to to touch the metal, right? To work with D-Wave and really um, directly with their systems is something that we value a lot. So continuing on that thread, I read recently D-Wave, as you know, uh, has announced they're going to be offering gate-based quantum solutions. And I wanted to ask if you see yourself leveraging potentially their gate-based models. And the broader question is, 
you know, superconducting, trapped ions, photonics, cold atoms. Uh, it's sort of an alternative approach to annealing. Uh, Want to get your take on, you know, whether you might be exploring, you know, those kinds of uh, qubit solutions in addition to annealing? Yes, definitely. So, so we are thinking of ourselves right now as, you know, uh, as using annealing to solve one problem, which is an optimization problem. Right. But the next step for us is to solve the whole process, you know, starting from a protein and finishing with the small molecules, the whole process itself to run it on a single quantum computer, both the optimization problem and then later on the more high accuracy calculation where you need to solve the Schrodinger equation to high degrees of accuracy, which is right now we are doing on a cloud computer, but we would really want to do it on a quantum computer. And again, hybrid systems are gateway for that. Um, and I'm really excited of some of the um, advances that we've seen the last year um, and of course, being in the triangle area right now, we are a hotspot for that, um, you know, with Atom, with IonQ, with IBMQ, everything is, is coming here to us and um, amazing technology, really excited about that and excited on, on both the possibilities that we can uh, be able to use it. And from the challenges, you know, of, of moving our system there, of how to integrate everything together and not work on three different th systems at the same time. Yeah. So, Shahar, at the risk of asking you to pick favorites, do you have any sense of which of the qubit configurations you think might uh, work, you know, the best with your sort of current annealing approach or is it too early to say or I don't want you to put yourself put you on the spot but just curious no no as a scientist who's working in this area what do you think my my opinion change on a daily basis here <laughs> yeah. um, because because so many advantages right um and advances as well um I'm I'm partial to some of the teams that we have been talking with um and impressed by their work but I don't think I can choose a favorite now um, yeah. because I know that tomorrow, um, and, and I'm sure, Chris, you are following the, the news every, every day. Somebody is moving forward. Yes. I think as, a, as an industry, this is such an exciting time to be in and seeing all these things move forward. Um, I'm sure, you know, two years ago, I would have told you, you know, trapped ions, you would have said, what's that? But <laughs> right. now you think, you know, maybe it's called atoms, maybe it's photonics. Some really neat things are happening. Yeah, no, it's exciting for sure. Let's talk about tachyon. Am I saying that correctly? Yes. So tell me about uh, tachyon. It's your drug design platform. Your website says it's able to optimize and find the best molecule from a library of Check this out, a billion molecules in less than five minutes. Oh, my goodness. Uh, thus narrowing the field of candidate molecules to find the most promising lead candidates for a new drug or treatment. I have to say that again. Finding the best molecule from a library of a billion molecules in less than five minutes. So how does this work? What's the process? Can you share a bit of detail about how this goes down? Sure. And Chris, let me tell you, our largest library right now is 4 billion molecules. Oh, my goodness. And what, one of the amazing things, of course, is the scale-up that we need um, is not, you know, it's much better scale than what you will find on a, you know, CPU kind of systems, mm -hmm. right? 
And what we're doing is for a specific protein, specific binding pocket on that protein, and a specific set of requirements that make sure that the molecules we design will become better drugs at the future. Right. We're building a virtual chemical space. We, we are building that, uh, that chemical space to fit into that pocket. This is a combinatorial kind of problem. And then our technology is how you build that library and how you implement it on a quantum computer. So how do you translate chemistry into cubos? Um, how do you include the objective function, the incentive, the penalties of chemistry hmm. into a language that you we can implement on a cubo? That's what we do. We run it. We get molecules back. We get um, some some selections of the molecules that fit our objective function. Yeah. And then we take those molecules and we process them some more to make sure that they are what we need. That's our process. Um, and, and let me say here, if anybody who is listening to this specific uh, cast is interested in working with us, do are you having um uh we are looking for partnership with companies that want to accelerate or bolster their drug discovery process with quantum computing if anybody is listening to that please contact us we'll be very happy to talk with you fantastic so perfect segue into what i read uh, very exciting news that you're working with another female led company called uh, Oransa to tackle the endometriosis challenges with as well as other women-specific diseases. So using data, algorithms, quantum computing, what you were describing, uh, will give you a better understanding of disease biology and chemistry, and as a result, accelerate bringing therapeutics to patients. Again, real-world solutions, right? So tell me more about that work with that company, please. We met Uranza at a conference, at a, um, at a partnering conference, uh, a, a biotech uh, partnering conference, and... One of the interesting things here is that this is a huge market. Women-specific diseases yeah. have not been studied enough. And right now there is technological tools that are moving the biology forward. Um, Uranza is looking at the biology, at genetic uh, markers, and identifying novel targets that are relevant for these diseases. Um and Polaris is looking at their at their targets and designing molecules. So together, we are closing a gap here using technology. And the reason we're doing that is because it's a huge market that is open yeah. and still untapped. Um, of course, for us as, as female founders, it's, it's relevant for us. We are happy to work on it. But also, it, with the reason we're doing it is because there's a commercial opportunity here that we think technology can bring to the market as solutions much faster than than other methods. Yeah, that's a terrific point to make. I I just want to pause and sort of re-emphasize that. I mean, we the constant conversations around quantum computing, right, is what's the use case and or who are the clients. So, bravo to you for bringing this solution to the market. I mean, it's a global market-driven economy, let's face it. So finding a solution that delivers value uh, is the key. Yeah, so it is. Uh, right. Another fascinating collaboration I read about is uh, that you're doing with Al Al Alisteric Bioscience. 
And uh, it says you're integrating quantum computing and AI with biomedical sciences to create improved treatments for aging and longevity. Yet another really interesting but uh, valuable, potentially market-driven opportunity, right? So how will that yeah. work? What are you doing in that space? On one hand, we are doing exactly the same. There is a biological target. We're designing molecules. We are finding the best drugs for that specific target. But this is coming from a very different um, side of the biology equation. And Allosteric is interested in aging and in rare diseases that are relevant for aging. Um, and they came to us and together we applied some um, AI tools to, to choose the specific target that we are interested in. Um, so that's, that's, a, that's a very different um, way to, to find the specific targets that we are interested in um, and working with Allosteric. And what would they bring to the market? Like based on this research, are they so, talking about things that will improve health, I guess, right? I mean, we all want to, we're all focused on aging and longevity. It's something we all deal with. Just wondering, is there a, what the outcome or work product or deliverable might be? It's interesting, their thought process, um, and I really probably should not say too much about okay. that, but, but it is um, all of these uh, molecules will have to be processed by the FDA and get approved so um, you cannot just sell, you know, uh, uh, snake oil and say, yeah. I've stopped aging. It has to be tested. Right. So that, that makes sense. I want to shift gears and talk about uh, SDKs and APIs. Are there ones that you prefer or support? I mean, there's a whole plethora, right? Python, Penny Lane, Kiskit, Ticket. Uh, are there ones that work better with this kind of bioscience research or or not? We are a Python shop, right? Okay. Um, everybody's uh, swear by their Python. Um, <laughs> okay. Bread and butter there. Um, yep. We are because we are working a lot through the D-Wave um, API, of course. Um, and but a lot of the work that we are doing is around our own tachyon, which is um, uh, includes several internal development uh, projects. Um, we are using a lot of computational chemistry tools. Um, RDKit, NAMD, these kind of tools. We are using, you know, uh, Mongo databases. Um, and so, so we have a front end, back end. Um, a lot of the development that we are doing is on the Python side of things. Hmm. Um, while we are looking, of course, always to understand better quantum computing. Right. So let's, let's talk workforce for a moment. I was pleasantly surprised uh, at the range of job opportunities listed on your website. So for our listeners, they include some obvious ones like quantum computing engineer and computational or medicinal chemist, a full stack developer. But you also mentioned you're looking for business development or sales executives. So that's, again, talking about the broader constellation of workforce requirements, right, to drive any emerging business. Uh, you know, that's heartening, I think, to people listening that there are potential opportunities at Polaris QB uh, that are non, say, science-specific. But that said, I want to get your take on the challenges facing a company like Polaris QB in finding talent. So how do you go about recruiting for your company? You mentioned you're in Raleigh, so you've got Duke and NC State nearby. 
Do you have affiliations with universities or with labs at universities? So yes, we have uh, affiliations still with some affiliation with Duke. We know quite a lot of the the local ecosystem, but uh, we are a virtual company. Started as a virtual company even before travel was restricted, um, and we are recruiting from all over the U.S. I I must say that there are it right now finding. Um, people is difficult, but yeah. however, Polaris is unique in some of the things that we are offering. We are offering what you said before. We are offering the possibility of working on quantum computing systems, but with a very short time to get to the market than other companies. Yes. So whoever is working with us mm-hmm. knows that their output is something that people will test and benefit from in a very short timeline. So, you know, um, when we design molecules, when we design drugs, this is something that you see people being, you know, synthesizing and testing and measuring in three months. Um, that's that's something um, uh, that, that, you know, a lot of people really appreciate it. The possibility of, of what you do matters. Yes. What we do matters for the world, matters for the patients that we are developing those drugs for. So we have an edge there, I think. Um, and, and you know, when, when we are saying that we are looking for people, we are looking for, um, for people all the time, for good people. So if any of your listeners is interested, please send us, please come you know, send us your email. Right now, for example, we are looking for a project manager position, which, you know, you you don't have to come from a, a quantum background yeah. to, to be able to work with us uh, as a quantum, as a project manager. We have a very diverse background of people that work with us. Um, we are, I think, uh, that's one of the reasons that um, as a company, we are so successful is because people come to us uh, or from many walks of lives. And because of that, we have uh, ideas and we solve problems in a way that maybe other groups don't think about how to solve that problem using that method. That's a fantastic point. Again, just to reiterate, I mean, that you're actually coming up with solutions that you can take to market that improve people's lives. What a- mm-hmm compelling value prop as an employer, <laughs> just to be simple, right? I mean, that's fan- fantastic. And using this incredibly exciting technology that's evolving and morphing as we sit here, right? No, and and I just, I just want to say here is that quantum computing has the power to change people's lives, right? Like any other compute power, right? And, and uh, people are always talking about what can go wrong? But yeah. I think the, this power can be used really to improve people's lives. Yeah. I just want to go back to the project manager um, mm-hmm. comment just a moment because, again, I'm very much a fan of how to grow and enable the quantum-ready workforce, right? I've led a couple mm-hmm. panels at IQT on that topic. Um, but project manager, again, I think of people, to your point, you don't need to have a PhD in physics to be a project manager. But you need to understand a client and a budget and deliverable, right? So by all I was saying to our audience, to listeners, those are transferable skills. You may have been in a role where the deliverable was different than 
you know, drilling down into a billion, a four billion molecule library in five mm-hmm. minutes and pulling out a solution. But again, encouraging listeners to think broadly about how you can contribute to the evolution of the quantum information science discipline. Yes. Right? Definitely. I've been involved with uh, some people, again, uh, Chris, uh, on on understanding what kind of is the workforce that we need. And yes, we need people who did a PhD in uh, computational physics, but we also need people who understand what kind of questions we want to ask and what are they good for. And it can be in computational chemistry, but it can also be by understanding how markets evolved or by understanding, you know, um, patterns of, of traffic. Um, there's a lot of places where um, you, c- how you can come to this, uh, to this technology. Yeah. No, thank you for sharing that. Shahar, I'd like to close the podcast by asking you to look into your crystal ball and share your vision of how quantum computing will transform drug design and discovery and biotech maybe in the next five to 10 years. And, you know, more specifically, where you see Polaris QB, where will you be in three to five to 10 years? I really would like us to run Tachyon beginning, starts to finish on a quantum system. Mm. Um, That will allow us to do really personalized medicine. Um, if we can do that. At some point, we want to add more and more parts of our pipeline into the quantum environment. Um, this is where we want to be, as as you know, this is where we want to grow our technology. And this will also let us develop more drugs for um, cheaper. And that would mean that the pay for smaller patient populations, so personalized medicine, which is our goal, uh, our lofty goal of of trying to to develop this technology and this is where where we want to be in five in five years yeah are there other target like diseases or conditions that you think this kind of solution could address so i think some of the um understand some of our understanding of diseases right now are slowly evolving to become more and more personalized. And this could be anything from the specific mutations that cause cancer that can be different for different people, all the way to how do we define diabetes and how many subspecies of diabetes there is. And those specifics of the genetics makeup of each disease is something that require different drugs and much more specialized drugs for that specific patient population. In order to do that, you need a very fast system, uh, which quantum computing lets you, you know, lets you combine that, you know, that genetic information with the the speed of creating new molecules, of, of designing new molecules. Fantastic. Well, Shahar, it's very exciting. The work you're doing is inspiring for sure. And again, I Whenever I mention you and your company, even at events or in conversation, I always point up the fact that you are actually doing this work today using quantum solutions to deliver real-world value. So kudos and thank you. Thank you for hosting me. It's, it's been a pleasure. Yes. So I want to invite listeners to follow you and the company on LinkedIn, right? I'm going to yep. point them to your website, polarisqb.com. Uh, you have a Twitter handle as well. I think there are videos yes. of you. 
on YouTube, speaking at various webinars, sharing some of this insight that we uh, talked about today. So, Shahar, thank you again for joining me and uh, delighted to speak with you. Um, you as well, and I'm looking forward for the next time. I want to thank Shahar again for joining me today, and thanks to all of you for listening. Please share this podcast on your social media channels to increase the impact of my conversation with Shahar. Listen to my other podcast episodes if you haven't already, and please feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. This has been a production of Inside Quantum Technology. You've been listening to the Quantum Tech Pod, brought to you by Inside Quantum Technology. For more information on this episode or other topics relating to quantum technology, visit InsideQuantumTechnology.com.